Hey there, broken salespeople. Welcome to the workshop. My name is Red Staffstrom, and we are here to help you fix your broken sales skills. I want to do something a little different today. Um, I want to talk about what we don't see. And I want to talk about, kind of do a history lesson that a lot of us don't know about, um, especially Americans who grew up in the public school system. Uh, a lot of us haven't heard these stories. So I want to talk about Abraham Wald, W-A-L-D, Abraham Wald. He was born in 1902 in Hungary. He was Jewish and Romanian. He went to college in Vienna, Austria, and was there in night up until 1938. Some of you guys have connected the dots already. 1902, 1938, Austria, Jewish, yeah. See, he went to school and got a doctorate at the uh, University of Vienna for mathematics and was working there right as the Nazis took Austria over. He was lucky enough though, he uh, was able to get um, recognized by the Cowley Commission, C-O-W-L-E-Y, Cowley Commission for Research, and was able to go to the States, right as the anti-Semitic, um, right as the Jews were being rounded up in Austria, right before that really started to go into full gear. He wound up going and working at Columbia with the Statistical Research Group. If you don't know what SRG, Statistical Research Group, is at Columbia, they are basically an arm of the DOD, uh, Department of Defense. They've been the mathematicians, the statisticians for the Department of Defense for a lot of years. And during World War II, they were the go-to for math and science. This is where Abraham Wald set himself apart. Now, think about it. He was Jewish, an Eastern European immigrant in the United States as we were going to war with Eastern Europe. He wasn't necessarily looked at the most favorably here either. He, he wasn't really the most beloved person. In fact, the joke was when he was at SRG that he didn't have the clearance to see his own notes. Um, so he was treated kind of like an outsider, but luckily for the United States and, and armed forces, they respected him enough to listen to him. See, Wald was a genius. He knew what he was doing, and that's not a word I say very lightly. He should be mentioned in the exact same breath as Einstein, in my mind. Eastern Jewish, European, Eastern European Jewish immigrant from Vienna, you know, you could kind of draw the correlation. Both of these men, both Einstein and Wald, have saved countless American lives. But Wald did it a slightly different way. See, it, during World War II, the Navy was having problems with their planes getting shot out of the sky. They didn't like that. Let's put it mildly there. Um, planes were expensive, and obviously the human cost was incalculable. You can't really put a price on the human cost once a pilot goes down. So they needed to find a way to keep their planes in the air, keep them safe. So they did what any good researcher would do. They started compiling data. They started putting together pictures, images um, of where the planes had been shot 
taking like once planes landed, they would mark X's. Okay. This is where a plane got shot. This is here, 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 here are the bullet holes. And they took it to SRG. And when they did that, they'd let everybody look and try and see where the most common areas were that planes got shot. The way I picture it is literally a giant wall-sized poster board. Whether this is true or not, this is how I picture it in my mind. Wall-sized poster board with pictures of planes, the top of the plane, the bottom of the plane, the sides of the plane, with red pins everywhere a bullet hit. So what they wanted to do was they wanted to armor the planes where they were getting shot. Obviously, it makes a lot of sense. If a plane gets shot there, you want to protect it. You put armor there to protect those areas. Um, the problem is you can only do this so much. Planes that have too much weight can't take off. And they're already carrying a heavy engine, a pilot, um, a bunch of me sheet metal, and a bunch of ammunition. Because if it didn't carry some kind of munition, it wouldn't be worth flying in a war zone. So they had to figure out a way how to armor these planes in a way that protected them without adding too much weight. So they started pat, like thinking of where to put these and they started looking at where all of these bullet markings hit the planes, how often they're hit in these places. But it was Walt who brought up a valid point and changed the way everybody looked at it. He said that they had incomplete data that they couldn't really tell because this wasn't 100% of the planes that got shot. See, the planes that got shot down, crashed, and turned into scrap metal, they don't know where the bullets hit on those. They were scrap. They crashed in a field in France. They needed a way to figure out where the most vital parts were, and Wald figured out that if planes didn't make it back with bullet holes in these spots, that's the area you have to protect the most. See, in order to keep things lightweight, a lot of the engines were aluminum. Bullets, especially high-caliber high caliber, high caliber anti-aircraft bullets, could usually do a mess to aluminum. So they would put armor around the engine because that's what's the most important because if the engine stops the plane, it probably isn't making it back. Same thing with the fuel tank. If it loses a whole bunch of fuel, it's probably not going to make it back. So they started to armor the area that was looked at like the heart and the mind. Those were the areas that were the most vital, but there were also the areas that you didn't see in that big wall-sized picture. Those were the areas that the bullets weren't. See, those were the areas that became the most vital because if a plane couldn't make it back, you needed to know that. Those were the most important places. Wald was credited with saving thousands of U.S. servicemen's lives thousands. That's why you should be mentioned in the same breath as Einstein. See, that simple insight, that simple slice of genius saved thousands. Why am I talking about this? There's got to be a reason. If you've been listening to my other episodes, you've probably realized there's a reason I talk about everything. It's because we don't think about it this way. All of us function with incomplete data sets. All of us, every salesperson doesn't know the whole story because we can't hop into our customer's mind and understand every thought in their head. We don't understand exactly what they're thinking and we never will. We have to extrapolate based on the data that we do have though. We could realize what doesn't work. We could realize the things that we say that fall short, 
the things that shoot the plane down right away. We may not get it every time, but we have to start learning to make conclusions based on incomplete data sets. And we need to start putting armor up in those areas. See, if you see people kind of shy away at the same point every time, then you know you need to address that early on. And you need to figure out what the objection is and have a frank conversation about it. Force the frank conversation about it. Customers are going to try to be polite to you. 98% of the time, very few people are in fight mode and want to start an argument. They're the ones we remember the most, but very few people have that instinct. So we need to figure out where the bullets would be fatal. We need to figure out what's holding us back from a deal, even if it's not said, even if the plane doesn't make it back. The, this obviously being the objection that's said out loud. You have to figure out what the unsaid objections are the same way as you have to figure out what the said objections are and how to deal with them. And you need to put armor up to protect yourself. You need to preempt and force those conversations to happen in an honest and capable way, an emotionally intelligent way. Think about that. Think about what's holding your customer back, even if they won't tell you. And tell them point blank, I understand a lot of people are worried about here's what I found. Forcing that conversation, forcing that honest dialogue without making them bring it up, without making them address the elephant in the room, they'll thank you for it every single time. I promise you they will. Don't be afraid. Bring up the places where the bullets aren't hitting, the things they aren't addressing. Let them know that you're listening even to the words they aren't saying and that you're protecting them against it. So I hope this helps. I hope this guy has given you some insight into the mind of your customers. Um, remember Abraham Wald, remember to think about the bullets that you aren't seeing, the bullet holes you aren't seeing in your data set. Once again, my name is Red Staffstrom. This has been the Broken Salespeople podcast. Please go to brokensalespeople.com slash connect. Find me on all the platforms. Um, if you'd like to contribute to the cause, I am not selling anything at all. Um, all of the products that I do right now are completely free. If you'd like to support the cause, get some more free training out there, promote this message to new people. I have a Patreon. Uh, you could find it on brokensalespeople.com. Any level of support doesn't go to me. I don't keep a dime of it. All of it goes to advertising and getting the message out there for other salespeople to make sure they don't have breakdowns, to make sure that they are earning the amount of income that they want to earn. Brokensalespeople.com slash connect. You'll be able to find everything. Um, once again, I hope this helps. Any other questions, feel free to reach out on all of those platforms. I will see you next time. And until then, go fix yourself. <laughs>